It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening. I'm here sitting in the cockpit of my new station on Paranormal <laughs> Underground Radio in the Dark with our hosts this evening, me, Chucky G, Karen Frazier, and a guest host, Nicole Strickland. Hello, ladies. How are we? Hello. 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 We can't forget Cheryl Knight either. We can't forget Cheryl. Ever forget Cheryl. Hello. She, she mans Hello. the boards, man. That's it. Man the Nicole board. flew up to Portland from San Diego today just to come sit and ride shotgun on the show. You know whoa, what? Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I'm feeling I should just step back and let the ladies run the show tonight. No, just, no, uh, no. You know, and here's the thing. There's only what? one person. There's only one other person who's ever sat next to me to host the show in the same room as me. Yeah, and he was the first, too. He, he was, was my first. first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who was that? That was me, Chucky G. That's right. That's right, folks. It was me. Woohoo! Oh, and by the way, first, before we get anywhere to pimp in and doing all our wonderful stuff, hello to everyone in the, the chat room. I'm going to start doing this. Hello to everyone hello in the chat. chat. Hello, chat. And then we have hello, my lovely sister-in-law, Barb, is in the chat room because she can listen live tonight, so she's all excited. I'm excited Patty as well. Patty B, Patty Valdez is there. <laughs> What's up, Patty? What up, Patty? What up? Yeah, and so it's like Tommy G. <laughs> Tommy G. Tommy G. Yeah, he's some guy I know. I think he's my. Oh yeah, it's my brother. That's who it is. No, sorry, I forgot there for a minute. Tommy G. Barbie um, G. And Chuck um, Aloysius Gotsky. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Aloysius? That was yeah, I'm said? trying a thing. That was well said. Nice. That's well mm-hmm. said. I'm trying to think. You know how? Cool. You know how? Like the Chucky G. thing caught on after I did that. No. Oh, yeah, I know. So well, trying the thing. No, no, let's not do that. Let's stick with Chucky G. <laughs> and by the way, I, I have a, a student that I'm teaching. I want to bring up really quick. I just want to mention her name, Teresa Kieran. She's she's also a listener of the show. So I just want to say to Teresa, she won't be listening right now, but she'll listen when she hears this. She'll go, oh, my God, it's so cool. So I just want to do it right now. So there you go. All right, got the old Chucky son. All right, so before I get to any of the, you know, the cool, like, weird news and all this wonderful stuff, let's just – Really mention probably our guests would probably be a good idea. We have a Camille Fay. She's a paranormal experiencer and author of Voodoo Butterfly. I love, I love that name. She's I a. Want to go tattoo? Like I know she's. It's like it's like the the um, the person in her book is like a superhero who has the powers to change evil, turn evil mojo into good mojo. I kind of like that. It's kind of a cool idea. So yeah. we're going to be talking to her tonight about the book. And like some of her paranormal experiences, because I know she went to the Myrtle Plantation, so I need to talk about that. Um, but before we get there, before we do this, do you have any pimping you want to do there, Miss Karen? We got lots of pimping to do. Because right, uh, well, Nicole and I, we be headed to the Oregon Ghost Conference this weekend. That's right. And um, we are apparently the two busiest, aside from Kristen Gray, who's running the whole thing. Right. We are the two busiest ladies there, let me tell you. <laughs> so, Nicole... List your classes, talks, and panels. So Go. I, by the way, so lucky to be going to the OGC in Seaside, Oregon. So I will be presenting on Sunday about San Diego's Most Haunted. And then I'm also teaching two classes. Friday night will be a Para Research 101 course. And then Saturday will be an EVP ITC um, 201 course there. And then both Karen and I are on the Haunted History panel. So 
going to be a busy and fun, fun weekend. Looking forward to it. That's right. So get down to the Oregon Coast Ghost Conference and say hello to Nicole. I will be there as well. Now, Nicole will actually also be selling her latest book. Spirited Queen Mary, her haunted legend. That's right. Nice. Right? I have to get a copy. I need a signed copy of that. Yes. Absolutely. You That's know right. It. Okay, so now I'm I'm pimping. So um, tomorrow night, I yes. uh, tomorrow afternoon actually, yesterday at four o'clock, I will be the first speaker at the conference, and I will be giving a talk about. You guys will be excited about this dream interpretation. Oh yeah, you're really good. Right. It's yep, like I, I know a little something about the topic since I write the column for Paranormal Underground magazine. Please send your dreams, editor at paranormalunderground.net. Um, then on Saturday, Nicole and I will both be on the Haunted History panel. That's in the morning at 11, I think. It's 11, And yep. then Saturday afternoon at 3, I am teaching a um, an energy healing class. I'm taking it. Yeah. That interesting. So that'll be Saturday afternoon at 3. And then Sunday, I think at like 1 or 2 or 3, somewhere in there, I'm also going to be on an author panel. So that's all very exciting. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is that I will be co-teaching a class here at the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum in Chehalis, Washington with William Becker. He and I are going to teach a class called Practical Applications of Psychic Abilities. It is, a seven, it is a seven-hour class. We're going to teach you how to identify your abilities, what to do with them, how to use them in the real world. Fabulous. That is fabulous, darlings. Fabulous. I don't really have too much to pimp. I mean, oh. Well, oh Caddy says be... don't forget the Ghost Stories bonfire. There is also a Ghost Stories bonfire on the beach in Seaside Saturday night. Be there. Right. Oh, yes. Nice. We're done. I, I, that's okay. I don't really have much to pimp. I mean, I, I'm, I'm doing a, I'll be coming out with a new web series soon called Positive Paranormal, uh, doing some paranormal experience events, uh, connecting people to people, um, and I'm doing some private teaching and stuff right now. So that's really about it for me right now. So, uh, quite plenty a lot. Why, thank you. Um, okay. So, on to things. Cheryl, can you roll that little song for me, please? Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder, it's time for news of the strange and the That is right, folks. I have news for you, as per usual. Actually, not per usual, because last it week... It is Charles Aloysius Gotsky's news. <laughs> you like it better yet? No, it's Chucky e. G, folks. Don't get confused. Do not get Nicole confused. likes it. I like it. I think it's, it's two against Cheryl. Do you vote? I like Charles? it a lot. Oh, Chuck, three against one. That's it's right. your new name. <laughs> it's I, 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 I don't think so. But anyways. Um, okay, so here's the first one I got. It's called Tasmanian Tiger Was Spotted. This came from the star.com.au. This happened just recently. Oh, yeah. another Tasmanian tiger sighting. Tiger, tiger sighting. Tiger. I said tiger. Tiger sighting has been reported in South Gibsland. After Venus Bay Caravan Park owner Tony Holgate came across a tiger at the park in December, Barry Murphy reported a sighting at Interlock last Wednesday. The resident said he was positive he caught a glimpse of the nocturnal marsupial and added jokingly he had just one glass of wine for the whole night. Last Wednesday at about 10.30, I was driving along the road when it crossed the road in front of me. First of all, I thought it was a fox or a cat. But as it moved off on the side in the green, uh, the green side of the, the fields, I realized it was a dog size, about the same as an, was it Alstadian? Alstadian? Is that sorry? Alsatian. Thank you, Alsatian. Uh, Mr. Murphy said he got closer to the animal. Its tail captured his attention. It was the long, straight tail, which could have been a meter long. It was straight out of white 
It was straight out, white, and strong-looking, he said. Because he was in his car, Mr. Murphy was unable to see the creature's head, but he did recognize one of the Tasmanian tiger's most distinctive traits. The thing that really made me wig out was as I drove past, I saw the stripe down its side and onto its flank. I thought to myself, I've seen something exceptional here. So I turned around, went back, but of course, by that time, it had disappeared. Mr. Murphy said in the past, he has heard two accounts of Tasmanian tiger sightings, both from reliable sources. After seeing one myself, I thought I would report it so other people can keep a look at it, he said. Um, although the large head of, was like a, a dog or a wolf, like the tail was stiff and the legs were relatively short. Body hair was dense, short, and soft. In recent times, the animal was confined to Tasmania, where its presence has not been established conclusively for more than 70 years. However, it became extinct on the Australian mainland not more than, uh, not less than 2,000 years ago. Okay, so I I've heard like people saying they've seen this too. And I don't really think that it's that hard to believe. I mean, when they say like, you know, this fish has been, you know, extinct and all of a sudden they're like popping up everywhere. So, I mean, do you think that that's that odd that it actually could be still around? No, I don't think so. What okay. do you think? No. What do you think? No? Okay. You got two no's. All right, good. All right, so here's one for you. All right, this is a little long, but I'm going to try to get through it. Psychic dogs and the government. That's right. Psychic dogs and the government. This came from Nick Redfern from MysteriousUniverse.org. Declassified United States Army files reveal that in the early 50s, Dr. Joseph Banks Ryan, Ph.D. of Duke University, North Carolina, was secretly hired by the military to determine if dogs, cats, and even pigeons possessed extrasensory perception, or ESP, it's more commonly known. The purpose of the research was to ascertain if in the event that such out-of-this-world skills were confirmed, animals could be trained to use their psychic powers to locate landmines on the battlefields. Notably, the final report submitted to the Army by Ryan in 1953 suggested that ESP was a reality and that as a potential tool of warfare, it should be seriously investigated further. Ryan, regarded as the father of modern parapsychology, received his education at Ohio North Northern University and the University of Chicago and obtained his master's in 1923. Uh, Ryan's experiments involved the selection of sender trained to concentrate on certain images. Meanwhile, a receiver would attempt to use his or her mind to see those same images. By assessing the statistic likelihood of simply guessing correctly or incorrectly, Ryan believed that he was able to determine which results were due to a chance and which, if any possible, were due to the mysteries of ESP. Declassified United States Army files reveal that in the early 50s, uh, he was secretly hired by the military to determine if dog, cats, and even pigeons possessed it. Um, I'm, I just don't understand. All right. So after a three-month period of in-depth training with six German Shepherd dogs provided by the Army, tests were carried out on the beach, a Marshall Ranch on the coast of California in June of 1952 using two dogs. The files do not reflect precisely how the dogs were trained to use ESP or even how Ryan and his team concluded that they potentially possessed psychic powers, but they do tell an intriguing story. On repeated occasions, dummy mines were carefully buried beneath the sands and the dogs were brought in by their handlers as the experiment to locate the mines began. The results apparently were remarkable as Ryan elaborated. The success was high enough that it was soon evident that the dogs were alerting the mines before they could set foot on the surface above them. The Army's previous secret documents added that the results of the first day's total of 14 trials were 86% successful. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that that was, uh, and then basically it just goes on to some more of the, the things they were doing, but they do believe that, um, uh, that animals evidently possess, well, I don't see what would be any different than a human, do you, Karen? I mean... Oh, heck no. I mean, I mean, I mean no, I... 
I think Go animals ahead. communicate. Well, look at Karen Anderson, who's been on the yeah. show. Yep. She's an animal communicator who is also doing a class at the Oregon Ghost Conference, by the by. She sure right. is. Uh, but her oh. class is full. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, um, and, you know, clearly animals can communicate psychically because I can't imagine that my dogs can hear me chewing on something when they're clear at the other end of the house. And yet there they are right. as soon as they take a bite of food. Right, yeah. Well, then, you know, like they can sense earthquakes before they happen, you know. All oh, this yeah, they go nuts. Your cats go nuts with earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. and I, my, I have a theory. I mean, animals, you know, they don't have the, the ego that humans do necessarily. So I don't know if that perhaps makes them even stronger in terms of having ESP or... Well, or, yeah, yeah, and like I, that. you know, I agree with that, Nicole. I mean, that's, that's, that's very true because, you know, as a, as a psychic... Um, if you uh, take your ego and take it out of the equation, uh, what you pick up on is just way, way clearer than when you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to be right or I'm going to be wrong or I'm going to be, you know, I want to look good or whatever. You know, if you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, it, it just seems to uh, work in a very organic and natural way. So. A lot of things are that way, Jeff. Yep. Well, yes, they are. Anyways, the last one is, this is going to pep you up, woman found dead in a walk-in freezer. That's oh, right. We're going to end so on this exciting. one. No. This is great. There we go. Yeah. A kitchen worker died after she was apparently trapped inside a walk-in freezer about 13 hours at a downtown Atlanta hotel, police said Tuesday. A search for the woman began when she didn't return home after her shift at the Peachtree Plaza, one of the city's most recognizable skyscrapers was cylindrical shaped. Investigators reviewed hotel surveillance videos, and they believe she may have entered the freezer about 8 on Monday. She was shortly found on 9, on 9 a.m. on Tuesday. The Fulton County Medical Examiner's Office identified a woman as Caroline Robinson, 61, of East Point. There was evidence the woman tried to get out of the freezer, but Hampton didn't elaborate on what led investigators to believe that. It appears that she was there. There was some type of like mechanicalism to allow anyone who was inside to be able to exit. He wasn't sure if it was working properly. Well, evidently, it was not. Right now, there does not appear to be any foul play. The U.S. Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration is investigating. Uh, the hotel said in a statement it was devastated by the tragic loss of its longtime worker. We are working closely with the authorities in their investigation. We are providing whatever support they can for the family, said the statement. Uh, police plan to wait for an autopsy to determine whether the woman had any type of medical condition that may have prevented her from getting out. Because, I mean, I just thought about that right away. I'm like, well, look, freezers always have that inside, you know, door handle, whatever, so you can get out. So that's the whole, you know, so that's the safety factor so you don't get trapped. But I suppose if it broke or wasn't working, but, I mean, those things are usually pretty regularly checked, like fire extinguishers and stuff like that, so I don't know. But, I mean, it is tragic and sad that, you know, the woman passed away. It but, is tragic uh, and it is sad, but I have heard that freezing yes. to death, once you're past the initial being really cold, is actually a really peaceful, yeah. good way to die. I mean, if there really? is a good way to die. You basically fall asleep. Yeah, right? you, you just drift off peacefully. Once I mean, at, at some point, your body stops. You stop realizing how freaking cold you are. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, that's, well, I mean, I guess that for that part of it, it's good. It's just, you know, it's sad, but, you know, I mean, this stuff happens, but, you know, I just could imagine those poor people walking in a freezer and there's a lady like frozen, like a popsicle standing there, you know, so. That would yeah. Be just, was she found just be a, standing or was she? I, I well, it, it's, I, I didn't say, you know, for sure, but I just, I just kind of like visualized her standing for some reason. I don't know why, um, but that would be like really weird. But I would assume she probably would have been sitting and trying yeah. to keep warm somehow. You know what I mean? But she probably was curled up, yeah, yeah. trying to yeah. stay warm. So, but other than that, I mean, that's the news. We got Tasmanian tigers. We have some strange way of passing away, and of course, then we have you know the psychic dogs. So, well, but you know, 
A yes. strange way of passing away that doesn't start doesn't start with the words "hold my beer." Oh, well, I suppose that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so are you guys uh, ready to talk to Miss uh, Camille? Um, sure. I mean, it's not time <laughs> yet. We have nine minutes. Well, that's okay. No, I know. I know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm making conversation. This is called small talk. So, I know, so, but I do think I do think that there's a new issue of the magazine either out or about to come out. Oh well, we could talk about that now. I mean, we should do it at the end Not of the show. Enough. But hey, go for it now, Cheryl. Are you there? You want to talk about it now? I, oh. I'm here. I'm here. Sure, we can talk about it now. Okay. All right. It is a new issue. It's out. It's online. It's at paranormalunderground.net. The magazine is called Paranormal Underground Magazine. You can also find it uh, print on demand. Go to magcloud.com and search for Paranormal Underground. And um, you can get a PDF on paranormalunderground.net. And I'll just tell you a little bit about this issue. It's full of all sorts of paranormal goodness as usual. And we have uh, a story on the fear of ghosts closing schools in India. We have a part four in a series we call The Legend of Wendigo. It's by Jill Marie Morris and it's how she believes that her personal experiences might have been caused by Wendigo. Wendigo mm. is a, a some say is a, a cryptid or some say a mythological creature but mm. uh, Jill believes she's found research that um, and it's not a good creature I'll just tell you that right now. It, it doesn't it's have a, good. Oh no! It no, likes to rip you apart. it's a nasty yeah. creature. It's not um, pure, pure of heart. Yep. Yeah. So um, it just causes destruction everywhere it goes. So it's 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 really um, Jill has come on our show and and shared her her story, um, her life story, and and uh, we this kind of takes it from there. She's done years of research on her area and and different people's cases and. It's interesting about how her theory seems to indicate that it could be the cause of a what some deem a mythological creature. Hmm. So um, part five will be the final part in our next issue, but you can uh, take a look at that one. Mm -hmm. And then we have a profile on a UK paranormal investigative team called Bolin Paranormal. Ooh. Uh, we also have um, an author profile on our friend uh, June Lundgren and wow. uh, her latest book called The Dark Side of the Paranormal. You know her. Yeah, you know her. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have a very cool, I think I mentioned this last week, article, um, if you're into using essential oils or interested, um, yeah. our good friend Karen Fraser wrote in this issue about using essential oils in your spiritual journey. And turn on our diffuser right now so that Nicole mm. and I is the immune power of well. the essential oils. There they go. There they yeah. go. After, you know what's funny, Karen, is after Chad um, read your article, he's like, "Where did we, what do we do with our diffuser? I can't find it. I'm like, I don't know. We got to find it. Oh, <laughs> I, have, um, I have, we have three of them. We have one up here. We have one next to the bed. Mm -hmm. And then I have one next to where I sit and work downstairs. Mm -hmm. And I do different things in it. I do different, mm -hmm. different things. And in my energy healing class tomorrow, no, Saturday, Oh, I'm so I think mixed it's up. three, right? Uh, I'm, essential oils are part of that. Cool. Are we saying 
essential oils or sensual oils? Essential <laughs> oh, oils. I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was just That's saying. By jelly. Can <laughs> you tell I need a date? Totally <laughs> <laughs> do need All a you date. women out there, I'm looking for a date. So, you know, you know how to get a hold of me. You know, if you came out here, there would probably be people to date you. I'm just yeah, saying. Probably. Well, what? You, so what? So nobody in the Midwest wants to date me? Is that what you're no. saying? They all know you. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? I'm a good person. You're a oh. wonderful person, Aloysius. Chocolate. Oh, Nicole will date you. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and so listeners and Cheryl and I, we're all just going to slowly back out of the room. Yeah. No. <laughs> you come to the Midwest and we'll go on the dates. Not a problem. Okay. All right. There you go. Anyway, um, so what else, yes. Anything else all about right. the dates? Cheryl. Oh, there's so much stuff. I can't even go over it all. But uh, check it out. Um, we like our, our readers to give us feedback. We especially love good feedback, but we'll take constructive criticism too. But just you can no, email. No, we won't. You no, can e- we okay, won't. forget about the constructive. Just email good stuff. We only uh, want to hear how awesome we are. Editor at paranormalunderground.net. Yeah. And um, we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. And gifts too. You can send gifts. I like gifts. Yeah. You can... yeah. Check. Here's yeah, the you thing. Can, you Chuck can funnel gets, those through me and Chuck I'll send those all of the freaking gifts. <laughs> Chuck gets all of the freaking gifts. Nobody sends me a gift. I'm just saying. Well, I am no. here now and I plan on sending you a wonderful giant poster you've been wanting. I have I have picked out my 300th episode present for both of you. What? Oh. We have to get presents for the 300th oh. episode? You don't have to, Way but I picked well, out my... yes, you keep Cheryl, sending me stuff. Cheryl I have to send you stuff. Cheryl and I have been through a lot together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm the it newbie still. It is true. Well, I'm it doesn't feel like it. It feels like you've been around forever. Does it really you feel like that? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, I've been, it's been a year, right? Well, well, well I mean, well, two years with Cheryl, longer. right? Yeah. Well, no, actually longer because I used to kick, kick in as a co-host. Yeah, you co-hosted. Yeah. And you came on the show and apparently I was mean to you. Yes. 2012. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the end of the year, 2012? Yeah. It was the end of the year. Yeah. We were preparing to die, Chuck. It was yeah. nothing. I know. I'm like, I'm showing Carol's like, woohoo, we're going to die. Who cares about this guy? Yahoo! I'm like, really? Is this the show I got on? Oh, it was actually. Four. So, so oh. wait, wait, wait. Was that in September then? Or was that in um, December? I don't know. It was December 21st. No, it was December. It was right before the end of the world. Wait, oh, that's right. That's I'm right. trying to share my investigator stuff. And Karen's like, ah, oh, kids with DVPs. We're going to die. Woohoo. <laughs> like, great. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know what you sound like there, Chuck? What do I sound like A there? A little cookie and Shrek. Woohoo! Oh yeah, Woo-hoo! the gingerbread. Ginger ginger ginger. And he goes, and he goes. Yeah, that's nice. Him. I like him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he sounds like. Well, ginger. I am sweet. Oh, gosh, can I rant for a minute? That just reminded me of something. And okay. you know, people love my rants because I do them every week, apparently, because I'm a. Bitch. <laughs> and you're so good at it. Um, I'm just so I've decided that one of my pet peeves is are people who spit on the sidewalk in front of you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Like oh, do you have to spit? Well, I mean, is spitting necessary? Yeah. I mean, is there some condition by which spitting becomes necessary? And if there is, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to discriminate against you. But for the dis- discretionary spitters, please save it for somewhere that's not. In front I have of. a story. I have a quick story. Okay. Disgusting. About, about spitting. Oh god. Okay, okay. okay. So we were sitting in the parking lot, getting ready to go into the market or leaving the park, leaving the market. Anyway, <laughs> I look over and the cart pusher at the at the market spits oh. on the ground 
the, the worker, the guy, the person who works there. Professional. A professional spits on the ground. That's my story. Ew. You know, you know what, Cheryl? <laughs> I don't like your story. Spitting is gross. When I, when I first went to college, I was going to be a physical therapist. Yes. And so I had to take organic chemistry and we had to do labs. And in the labs, we had to spit into containers and do um, and with partners and do experiments on our spit. And that is why I did not go into physical therapy. True wow. story. Because the spit and the pee grossed me out. Traumatized by spit. Wow. Wow. Spit and pee. That's what we're talking about here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Spit in Once again, you just never know where we're going to go. I just say when people spittle in your face when they're really close to and talking to you and they go... And I'm like, oh, well, my that's God. unintentional. Yeah, but, but still when gross. Somebody, when you, somebody is walking past you and they <laughs> right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, it's a big old loogie. Well, sometimes it's got to come mean, out. Like, just... If there's some kind of medical condition where you are forced to spit, I apologize. That's not what I'm talking about. No, it's the discretionary yeah. spitting. <laughs> I mean, always, uh, yeah, it's always I'm still... big and thick and Ooh, Okay, and let's. Uh... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> It's time. Delicious. So we'll leave you with that image while we go to break. Hey, we're, when we come back, we'll be talking to Camille Faye, who is the author of Voodoo Butterfly. Stick around. You're listening to Charles Aloysius Skotsky, Nicole Strickland, and me, Karen Frazier, along with Cheryl Knight here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Darks on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at AuthorKarenFraser.com. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. 
or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we'll, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. Hello, we are back with Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. I'm Mix LR, and I'm here with Karen Frazier. Say this, say Kitty Press. Oh, <laughs> I said Kitty uh, Press. I'm so sorry. And Nicole okay, Strickland, our little guest, stop it, host, and me, Chucky G. That's right, say it, Chucky G. Did and you we have say a wonderful name? I'm the little uh, guest. Yes, did I did. You say our little guest. Yes, I did. I said Nicole's name. So, and now we're going to move on to our guest, Camille Fay. Hi, Camille. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. I'm good. Are you ready to jump in with the crazy people? Are you ready for this? Oh yeah. Oh, so <laughs> ready. Minutes of oh, break to get a taste of, of kind of the mood of the room right now, and I <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that she didn't run out screaming. But I know. You have to Camille, good for you. I know. Well, I've like, had a couple of experience of hearing this show, so I know. <laughs> I was ready to hear, if you'd like to make a call, please hang up and die again. She knows <laughs> what happened to her. Camille, you say you know, you know we're harmless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, no, I said I had a, two years of experience of listening to you guys, so I know. So you know I know harmless. how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're harmless. That's right. <laughs> so here we go. Camille, before we talk about your beautiful book, and your beautiful experiences at the Myrtle Plantation, and the fact that you've been married sure. three times. I guess I've done my homework on you. I want. Oh wow! To know, I want you to share with everyone just who you are. Like, how how did you get started? Where do you live? You know, likes dislikes. You know, you as a person. Let's start there first, and then we'll just roll right into the rest. How's that? Okay. Yeah, uh, me as right. a person. Wow, that's yes. a really deep question. All how right. long well, is we, this interview? I don't know. <laughs> I have a shovel. Let's go. <laughs> Well, um, I'm I'm an American girl, and I met a Malaysian boy in college, and we've been married, I think, for 13 years now. Kind of lost lost track, but um, yeah. So in my book, Voodoo Butterfly, there's surprise a Malaysian love interest that comes into play, and I won't give anything away, but it's part of a love triangle, and um, my book, Voodoo Butterfly, is Based on a dream I had, I went to, I love to travel. I've been to quite a few countries. I think I'm up to about 27. Wow. Between, awesome. yeah, and that's over, you know, a lifetime. But um, my husband's from Malaysia, so we've gone and visited a few countries in Southeast Asia, and I got to do study abroad whenever I was in college, so I got to see a lot of Europe that way. But, um I went on a family trip down to New Orleans in 2008 or 2009 and had a dream. And I don't really remember my dreams. I wish I could, but I, d I just don't. And this dream woke me up and it was about this woman and she was walking the streets at night and it's really dangerous city. You should not do that. And I had the feeling that she wanted somebody to attack her because as soon as they did, Whenever they touched her skin, they'd change from evil to good. So that's mm -hmm. kind of her superpower. Okay. And then um, I, I had a second flash right after that of 
cathedral down there, which is like this white fairy tale castle looking place. And um, it was completely covered in monarch butterflies. And there was like this plague of monarch butterflies floating around in the, in the air. And it was such a strong image. I couldn't get it out of my mind and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I jotted it down in my journal. And about a year later, I always wanted to write a novel and I decided to go ahead and write the novel and the butterflies were my opening scene. And then I based the book around this character and I kind of built her into this voodoo priestess superhero because voodoo is such a big part of the culture down there. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun. Yeah. Wow. But I've always like a fascinating premise for a book. Um, very creative. You, if you yeah. listen to the show at all, then which you apparently do, you've heard me use the phrase universal two by four before. That's uh, uh, your dream was your universal two by four. Uh, Here you go, whack you across the head. Two by four. <laughs> I you know, love it. <laughs> so funny because I was going to actually ask you before you even started talking about your book, I was going to ask you if, if you, in your dreams, that has helped you prepare for the book. And basically, mm-hmm. what you said answered my question. So I, I find yeah. that really interesting that, you know, I think. A lot of really great um, novels and, and books can be written based on what we dream. So I think that's really special. Yeah, I'm inspired by Stephanie Meyer, too. I know some people love Twilight books and some people hate them. But just her story really resonated with me because she described herself as being a zombie mom whenever she wrote those books just like had three little kids and was feeling overwhelmed and needed some kind of creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And then she had that dream about Bella and Edward in the, in the meadow. And that's kind of what started it. So whenever I had my dream and kind of felt overwhelmed, I I was a new mom at that time whenever I started writing and I just felt like a fish out of water and I just needed some kind of creative project to get it all out, you know, just get out this, the struggle I was having and, you know, it's really soothing for the soul to do art. So that was helpful to me, but yeah. Awesome. So is this, do you think that this is a standalone novel or is it going to be part of a series or do you have the next book in the works? I'm actually working on the second book. I'm about two thirds of the way through the first draft. Uh-huh. So I'm really hoping it'll be out at the beginning of next year. That's kind of my goal. And is it the same um, character and the same story arc? Yeah, same character. I'm really interested in New Orleans culture and Louisiana culture. Mm-hmm. And because of my background with travel, I I think it's really important to kind of show the world and how different it is. And so I do enjoy creating. And all my, my characters are pretty much that. But... I want to stick to the culture and if there's specific lore, like a lot of the lore in the book is based on actual like urban legends from New Orleans that I had heard while I was visiting down there. And in the second book, there's this character, it's um, it's a Louisiana werewolf called a Lugaroo. So I've been really looking into that. And I'm like, ah, werewolves and vampires are so overdone. So I want to do something specific to the region so it's something different cool are you have yeah. you um like interviewed anyone in new orleans like any new orleans historians curators anything well, like that just to get more historical knowledge of the culture 
Yeah, it's kind of hard. I am an outsider. I'm I'm actually from Missouri. I live in the St. Louis area. But um, I've been fortunate to be connected with a couple of voodoo and hoodoo practitioners in Missouri. And the mambo that I know that I do my kind of fact-checking with, um, her mambo, and the mambo is a voodoo priestess, um, her mambo is actually Sally Ann Glassman. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her. No. She's probably, yeah, it's kind of hard because it's such a specific little, you know, group, but she's probably the most famous voodoo priestess, I would say, in America. Mm-hmm. And she's just, um, she's working down in New Orleans, and she's actually friends with Joan Rivers. So, uh, she, you know, my mambo friend said, yeah, anytime you go down there, let me know, and I'll get you in in touch with my community down there. So whenever I can make another trip down there, I'm definitely going to see if I can, you know, catch up with Sally Ann Glassman. So that would be really yeah. interesting. Because you're saying, so you're saying like the, the voodoo culture itself is kind of like a, a closed community uh, where you just have to have an in kind of, is that how that I is? don't know about closed because you can go into um, different voodoo shops and they'll help you. Right. Um, I I tried to contact a couple of places down there just through the internet to get information, and I never really heard back from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I touched base with a couple of people. One guy um, ran tours with the Haunted History tours down there, which are pretty famous. And if anybody goes down to visit New Orleans, you should definitely take a Haunted History tour because, for one, you get to walk around the French Quarter so you can orient yourself. Mm-hmm. But they also just have these really neat stories, and they're very good storytellers. The the tour guides are so. So um, so what is, so what is it? Well, what is it that makes you so interested in that culture, and what draws um, you to it? I think I just had this dream, and then I started digging into it more. I have a journalism background, so mm-hmm. I'm really research oriented and everything. Um, but also there's. If you've been there, there's something that kind of sticks with you. It almost like attaches itself to you about the culture down there. I actually didn't really like it the first couple of days I was there because I was having culture shock. Okay. But then after that, I just like really loved it because I can be very um, structured in my life, probably because I'm a mom and I used to be a teacher and that's just kind of my way of doing things. And down there... It's called the Big Easy because everybody's just taking it easy, and you know it's kind of a free for all. And it was, it felt a little chaotic at times to me. But mm-hmm. once I got to realizing that's just the way the people really are, and they're just happy about life, and they're just, you know, whatever happens happens. Mm-hmm. But in my research too, and also in talking to people down there. Um, New Orleans has so much paranormal activity and I think I'm also drawn to it because I love learning about paranormal. The thing that interests me about paranormal is I like gray areas and that's probably because I'm a writer. Like I don't want to, I'm not as interested in people who are so absolutely sure about certain things. Right. I want to like probe the mysteries of the universe, you know, like why, Mm. what is this, um, what is this experience of ghosts that people have, you know, what is actually happening? And 
I'm pretty skeptical. Like, I want to actually feel it or hear it for myself. I don't want to just go on some story that somebody told me. But I do believe those things happen. I just don't know what the answer is for them. And I think it's interesting to probe that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I know that you know that. Well, I know you've experienced that because you went to the Myrtle Plantation, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, why don't we talk a little bit about like what I had read about <laughs> all the things that happened to you there when you sure. were there? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so some of the stuff was pretty crazy. Can you go ahead and share some of that? I mean, who you went with and oh, what sure. happened? Well, um, on the first trip that I went down to New Orleans, the Myrtle plantation is known as the most haunted house in America and there's been quite a few people who have died there and um, people experience a lot of um, a lot of ghosts they have ghost experiences whenever they're there and so whenever I went there we checked in and we tried not to read too much about it because we didn't want to invent things in our mind about what was happening but I had read somewhere that the, after the fact, I had read somewhere that one of the owners, her name was Sarah, I think, really liked the scent of gardenia. So she would mm-hmm. spray the rooms for her guests with gardenia perfume. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite scents. So I recognized it. And so whenever we checked in, the lady brought us to our room and I said, oh, it smells good in here. I love gardenia. And then I found that out after the fact. So that was pretty interesting. That's what I'm talking about. Whenever there's something physical that I experience with my own senses, I know that that's like gardenia. And yeah, maybe the housekeeping sprayed it with gardenia and they were trying to amp it up. It's like all these different little things happen and then it leads you to believe, okay, something's happening here. Mm-hmm. The other kind of creepy thing that people I think hear this story and they get creeped out but I wasn't creeped out at the moment um my mom and I stayed up as late as we could and we were trying to record EVPs and we were just trying to experience anything that we could and we started getting tired about three so we got in bed and we were just dozing and it was a full-size bed so it wasn't really big and I started feeling a pressure at the foot of the bed, almost like a child crawling up in between us and then like lay down right in between us. Mm -hmm. And it felt like a kid to me. And there was a little girl that had passed away from an illness in that room. And it sounds creepy to people thinking something crawled in the bed with you. But at the time it was very comforting and it felt like one of my kids, you know, crawling in the bed with me. Right. And my mom and I didn't say anything, but we just looked at each other and kind of nodded our heads. And then something started rocking the bottom of the bed, almost like from side to side, like it was trying to put lull us to sleep. Oh. So, yeah. I think people tend to get creeped out by little kid ghosts, too, for some reason. Yeah. That, that's like I, an adult ghost. Okay, no biggie, but a little kid ghost. <laughs> and I don't... I don't quite get the psychology of that yeah it's it's something that i've heard a lot is i've heard that those too. are creepy well you think yeah, yeah the, you think the giant looming shadow of some giant adult <laughs> ghost would be a lot scarier than a little kid that would that. be see to yeah. me threatening than a, than a child <laughs> um well it's just awkward i think a lot of it has to do with well you, you know with children you don't think you know 
with adults, you know, as they get older, you know, they're closer to transitioning, but a child, right. you know, in spirit form, it's just, it's pretty much unconceivable for, I mean, not unconceivable, but toward that because you're like, oh my gosh, this is just such a young child, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. this, this energy should be living in the physical realm, not be gone. True. So yeah. I don't know if it has well, something to do with that or, or I don't know. So what was the, what was the deal with the, uh, uh, the spe- seeing this entity crawling up the stairs. I want you to talk about that. Oh, that I read was about my that. That was, that, was, yeah. that was creepy. <laughs> yeah. So there's this um, real person who lived there, and the Sarah ghost that I was telling you with the gardenia perfume, her husband opened the front door to the um, plantation home and was shot, and he crawled up to, like, the 17th stair, and he died there. And so my mom on a different trip, she had gone there with my other two sisters on a previous occasion and she saw, it looked like a video replaying. She was looking in the window. She wasn't inside by the stairs, but she was looking through the window and could see the stairs. And she saw, it just looked like a man crawl up to the 17th stair and just stop and then it would repeat. So it did it several times, and she watched it as long as she could, and then it just went away. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so it's just like a residual playing of that particular event over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, like a video. Yeah. Rewind, yeah, almost rewinding and repeating, yeah. Did you guys try to get go get a camera? Did you say you just tried to go get a camera and take a picture of it, and it, just, it wasn't there? Or I I yeah. Darn it. These, um, I know there's these um, <laughs> rocking rocking chairs on the back porch, so everybody kind of congregates. And Louisiana is a drinking culture, so everybody you know has their liquid courage, and it can get chilly out there, so that helps keep you warm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they were just you know sipping on juleps or whatever, and but you could look through the back window and see the staircase, and so I'm sure. What happened was by the time my mom got her camera <clears throat> ready, it had stopped. Wow. So, yeah. Did, did you guys get any good EVPs from there? Did you get any good audio? No. We, we got some really cool. I'm pretty skeptical about orbs, too, but I've gotten a few that are literally like Glinda the Witch's Bubble. You know, just you can't even see through them. They're almost like a physical three-dimensional object all their own. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, some of them are like, I don't know if that's a dust particle, but these are different. And a lot of times they'll be colored. So they'll be green or pinkish or mm-hmm. yellow. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, with a place like the Merle Plantation too, I mean, it has its, its backstory. It's got its, you know, history to it. So when you, when you're going into a place like that, you, I mean, as much as you try not to have a preconceived notion or thoughts about, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to see anything. It's kind of hard. You know, you got the, yeah, you have the atmosphere, the feel, you know, I mean, Louisiana mm-hmm. is kind of cool, but creepy, you know what I mean? And then you mm-hmm. got the, then you got the plantation and all its backstory. I mean, it's kind of hard yeah. not to walk in there and get some feel of, you know, it's got right. all these like really strong characters too as a writer, you know, I noticed that there's this one and her name is either Chloe, I think it was Chloe or Cleo. Mm-hmm. And she was a servant and wow. she got punished. Yeah. Did you hear about her? 
Yeah, yes. it's actually a, a legend, and that's actually a, not a true story. Oh, okay. See, yeah. it's just a story, but it was like yeah. a really good character. Yeah, it is a good <laughs> character, and that's the one that most people hear about Myrtle's Plantation, and it's one that interests people in Myrtle's Plantation, and it's also the least true of the stories. The least what? true, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was not true. I haven't written about that. But yeah, so the legend goes that she was punished by her master, had her ear sliced off, yeah. and she used to like to wear earrings, and um, she will take women's earrings. Well, my mom went there, so it's like, huh, if that's not true, maybe maybe the ghost activity has somebody, taken on. a housekeeper. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my mom's earring, it was one of the hook ones, so it really shouldn't come out. She felt something drop down her shirt, and she checked, and her earring had come out. So, yeah. It's strange all the little things that happen. Well, but that doesn't mean that there's not a spirit there that yes. dinks right. with earrings. It's just mm -hmm. that... It's not necessarily the story of Chloe. They've they've created that legend over time in a way that to explain some of the things that happen. And there's mm -hmm. something I, I do a lot of research work on the RMS Queen Mary, and there is a very famous urban urban legend on that ship. That and that I, when I talk to people, they're always okay. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. And I always find. In the, or not always, but in some cases, the urban legends that mm -hmm. obviously may be false are the ones that are more attractive to people. So, and then people are probably let down. Oh, that didn't right. really happen. Well, but it's such a good story. It's still it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. yeah. But those that do, though, they're like, oh man, you know, kind of. Everybody likes a good story, and urban legends speak to um, the things that we hope our, our hopes and our fears and so mm -hmm. you know i i love urban legends urban legends are just oh, I, yeah. I, I i find them fascinating hey so we need to take a break um okay. so you'll stick around for the next segment i would imagine yes yes mm -hmm. right. so we are going having to a good time <laughs> good we're going to take a break stick around you're listening to paranormal underground radio in the dark here on mixlr we'll be right back you are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Hello, this is Nolan and Ethan, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Good job, guys. Okay, we're back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, Mix LR. 
Chuck G, Karen Frazier, and Nicole Strickland. And our guest, Camille Fay. We are back talking about ghosties and her cool book, Voodoo Butterfly. So we will continue our discussion now. Where did we leave off, guys? Do you remember? Does anyone remember? Hmm? No, but I have a question. Sure, shoot. I figure I'm allowed to ask since it's a radio show and we interview people. Yes, ma'am. People. You are a co-host. Yes, go right ahead. Oh, I am. So <laughs> I was thinking about, I, I, I like the premise of um, how this character can turn good into, or the other way around. Switch that. Mm-hmm. Flip it. Turn evil Flip into it. good. And so I'm curious how you... Um, for the purposes of the character, how you define good and evil, and if it's the same as or different than your personal definition. Mm, that's an excellent question. Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, whenever I was pitching this book to like some different agents and editors at a conference, one one lady asked me about that, and she's like, is good and evil that easy? And I was like, no, that's the whole thing is good and evil. There's, I, like I said, I'm interested in the gray area and kind of more looking at good and evil as a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so she'll encounter different characters that are struggling with different things. And <clears throat> voodoo does kind of... In, in the religion, it tries to have a balance of good and evil, kind of like a yin and yang of Eastern, you know, religions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they see that both of those forces are at work in the universe, and it needs to maintain a balance. And so I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do with that as far as the question has come up in the book, you know, what if you're putting more good into the universe? Does that mean that evil is going to come in to offset it? So I'm going to answer that question at some point in the series. But for example, for me, I think a lot of people do maybe what's considered evil or wrong because they feel like they don't have another choice. Or maybe it's not even necessarily evil. It's just like they're in a bad energy or a bad state of mind because of the situation that they're in. So one of the minor characters in the first book, um, he's going to rob somebody because he's, or he's got a gun and he's going to hurt somebody because he's just in a really bad state of mind. His business isn't doing well. It's failing. And he just, he gets drunk and he's just in this really bad mental place. And so she intervenes in that situation and it kind of just snaps him out of it. So sometimes okay, it's just people being stuck in a bad place. But I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I understand that this is characters and this is fiction. But if you believe, for instance, that things come into people's life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps somebody needs to do something bad or evil in order to have a turning point in their life so that they can can grow in a different way. Mm. Yeah, I've never ex- I have not explored the idea of somebody having to do something evil in order to change, but I feel like a lot of times people find themselves making bad decisions and you know, right now in my head I think about, you know, maybe somebody needing to steal because they can't feed their family or something right. like that. Or drug addicts just kind of spiral downwards and it's not like they're meaning to do it. They're just in a bad place. Right. But 
on that spectrum of good to evil, I have a really evil character named Madame LaLaurie. I don't know if you guys have heard about her. Yeah. She was a real person in New Orleans. And she tortured and killed some of her slaves back in the 1800s. And to me, she's like pure evil, just the way that she treated them. She did, she did these different experiments, like one of the servants, she broke a bunch of their bones and, and just allowed them to set in strange ways so they looked like a crab. And another one, they, she peeled the skin off in segments to make it look like a caterpillar. It was like really, really terrible things. To me, that's, there's no reason, you know, that somebody should be like that. So that's kind of at the pure evil end of the spectrum for me. But a lot of these characters, they're just somebody who needs needs kind of a blank slate. And so Sophie helps them get that. I have a question, too. You know, a lot of people, for a lot of people, voodoo, when you hear that term, there seems to be a little bit of a negative connotation. How do you deal with that when um, working on your book or do people ask you about that um, just general idea of voodoo being negative as opposed to you know being helpful yeah that's a good point um, Hollywood's made it seem like a satanic worship yeah. but it's not it's it like the legitimate bad, religion it does uh -huh, exactly yeah so the voodoo priestess I, I talk with and her mambo leader, they are actually vegan, so they don't do any animal sacrifice. And actually, New Orleans voodoo, they tend to not do animal sacrifice. Haitian voodoo will do it, but I think that, that part of it kind of freaks people out. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's, it's so strange to Westerners, I think, whenever um, the slaves were, you know, during the colonial period, the masters would see the slaves, you know, using drums and dancing around the fire, and it was so different than going to Catholic Mass, and so it kind of scared them. So the slaves actually weren't allowed to um, practice in New Orleans during that time period. Right. And so the way that they kind of were able to practice their religion, they started to see similarities between Catholicism and their voodoo. And so down in New Orleans, there's this blending and symbiotic relationship between those two religions. There's lots of voodoo practitioners who also are Catholics and go to church. Like Marie Laveau, she was a famous voodoo queen. She went to church every day. So it's interesting down there. And that's where I, where I kind of bring in the culture and try to be more um, like, uh, journalistic and also more of like a scholar just studying how the the religion evolved because people aren't as afraid of like Catholicism, but there's this blending down there that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. And it's just really interesting. And I was raised Catholic <clears throat> and we have a saint for everything. I don't know if any of you were raised Catholic, but there's like, um, St. Anthony and you pray to him if you lose something because he's the patron saint of lost things and then right. St. Jude is the patron saint of lost causes. Well, the voodoo practitioners kind of matched up the Loa, which are uh, minor deities in the voodoo religion 
And so, like, in Greek mythology, you know, have you have Aphrodite, who's the goddess of love. Well, there's um, a goddess of love in voodoo. There's a god who's kind of a gatekeeper, similar to, like, uh, St. Peter is our... He's the gatekeeper, and he holds right. the keys to heaven. So Papa Legba is the minor deity for that. So... <clears throat> Voodoo practitioners will have altars in their place of business down there in their home, and it might have a picture of St. Mary, and then it'll have, you know, a picture of a voodoo minor deity. So, I don't know. I just try to portray it as journalistic as I can as far as the cultural aspects, and then the characters are all made up. So, that's kind of where my creativity comes in. Great. Very cool. Yep. So I have to tell you, I love the name Voodoo Butterfly, and it kind of makes me want to get a tattoo of a Voodoo <laughs> Butterfly. And I have no idea what that would look like. But <laughs> That's awesome. It's a strong it's very, image, yeah. It's very evocative, yeah. It is. What were you I think... Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, you were talking about you know the, uh, the religions and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, I wanted to go way back. I know we're talking about the Buddha, but I wanted to go back to the fact that you've been married three times to the same person mm. and how mm -hmm. you went through the different, how you noticed the difference in the religions of that. I thought that was kind of interesting and we, we could like touch on that real quick. Do you mean, do you mean she had three ceremonies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had three. I was married three times to the same man. All right. <laughs> so if things don't work out, I don't know if that means I need three divorces. <laughs> but <laughs> good point. Um, <laughs> one is bad enough, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. So um, we we had the civil ceremony, and then I was raised Catholic, so we had a Catholic ceremony, and then I actually didn't meet his family for like a year. Because we were we were right out of college and we had to save up money to go over there. But whenever I went over there the first time, I got to meet all the family and we had a Hindu ceremony. And we did a pretty small ceremony um, within the home, which I think is really nice because it felt really personal because the parents, <clears throat> his parents were taking part in it and they did special blessings and I can't, I don't know what was actually happening, but there were certain things that were similar to Catholicism that resonated with me. So there was incense and there was praying around us and um, they put, you know, Indians have the dots on their forehead. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't just have to do a sticker. Um, you can take oil and then you put your dip dip your thumb in oil and then you dip it either in turmeric or there's a bright pink. I don't know what that is. There's a bright pink powder. And so they put that on our foreheads. And I think black, black means that it's a single person and red means you're married. So um, whenever they were doing that, that felt like an anointing, you know, with like Ash Wednesday or, you know, at baptism or confirmation where they do anointing. Mm -hmm. But I I believe all religions are beautiful, and I don't think there's only one way to God. I feel like God is so big. Why wouldn't God have said, sure, I'm going to give you 
this many different kinds of ways to reach me because I am so huge you can't even understand me with your, you know, human minds, but I'm going to show you this many ways to, like, show the variety that is me. That's kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. So I decorate our home with um, decorations from different <clears throat> different cultures. One time whenever we went to Malaysia, I got these wooden masks, and they're kind of scary, but I love them. And they told me it's to scare the demons out of your home, so it kind of protects your home. So that's something that's Hindu, but I don't necessarily, you know, I don't, I don't feel I have to be so structured being Catholic or being Christian that I have to exclude, you know, other religions. So I'm pretty open-minded about that. Did you ever find out what the banana and the coconuts was? Because I was reading it. I was like, (laughs) what is that? (laughs) I know. So if you go on my website and you read about my Hindu ceremony, and it's camillefay.com, and it's on my blog tab, I'm, I'm holding this coconut, and it's cut in half, and it's got two tiny bananas in it. And while they were anointing us and blessing us for this wedding ceremony, they had us holding this. And I I don't know what this is, but I just said, instead of being two peas in a pod, we were two bananas and a coconut. Aww. <laughs> so. So, so, so did your husband not explain to you what that means? Or I mean, with the I don't think or? he fully understood what <laughs> you it don't means. know either. <laughs> Here, hold this. They they could have just made something up. Here, hold this broccoli. Okay, Camille, just hold the broccoli. Stand on one leg and hold the broccoli above your head in your left hand. And then you stand on one foot and you hop. What's going on? You guys are making stuff up now. Well, he'll tell me, too. He's he's an engineer, so he's really scientifically minded. So a lot of the ceremony that he had growing up in the Hindu faith, he felt was like too superstitious for him. So it never really clicked. Uh, and he enjoys Catholicism, which okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's so beautiful because I've been to several different types of religious ceremonies, including one is, you know, where they pierce themselves with the different skewers yes. and they don't bleed. Mm-hmm. So there's this holy day called Taipusam. And I saw one guy had like a six foot skewer that went through both of his cheeks and he was holding onto it on the outside of his cheeks and bouncing it up and down. And it had these huge, like grapefruit looking fruits on the ends of each and they're bouncing up and down. And he just did that for a couple hours and there was no bleeding. Yeah. That's you should see Nicole and I right now. We're right. like grabbing oh our cheeks. Oh, God. <laughs> so, all right. So, wait. Now, you have something really interesting. So, your husband's mm-hmm. very scientific. So, uh-huh. what does he think about the paranormal? What does he think about you and the book and the paranormal and all this stuff? What does he What does he have to say about that? Have you ever talked about well, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of discussions. He okay. just tends to be really skeptical. And, and he'll... Yeah, I have one of those, I, too, although he's not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just pretty much. So, he'll he'll kind of brush some things off, and he won't go with us. Like my mom and my sisters and I, we all like to go visit haunted places, and 
like I said, try to document. We've been to the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, which is supposed to be like the most haunted hotel in America. Yeah. And um, we had some things happen there too, but um, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't really like to do that stuff, which is fine with me, but Mm -hmm. well, I think he does believe in God. He says he has a hard time. Mm-hmm. conceptualizing it because he is so scientific and it's not something that can be scientifically proven. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously, but we have conversations about it and he likes to think about it and, you know, wonder because he's gone through, I think everybody who's gone through a hard time, you're wondering where is God? Where is God? So I think he knows that there's something there to support you, but he doesn't exactly know what, and so he's really one of those doubting Thomas kind of people. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's I like to say to him, it can't be scientifically proven yet. Right. I think right. that's a exactly. very important word to include yet. Well, I, I yeah. think it's, fun, it's funny when they when they when you when you speak of that when you when they say like someone goes through hard times or like where's God for me right now? But it's just it's the same like it's the same as like if you're a parent with your child, you can't always pick up your child and do. <laughs> For them, they have to learn. They have to go through mm-hmm. the experience to learn. So it's no different with God, where He's going to go. You know, I really want to come down here and just scoop you up and make it better. But then, how do you but grow? It's how do you learn? The two by four. Yeah, guys, run a big two by four and wax you in the head. Sacred two by four. There you go, sacred two by four. But I mean, that's the, basically the same premise to me. That's the way I look at it. So I mean, you can't always step in. You, you sometimes you just have to learn. There's no the best way to learn is from making a mistake, you know, or you know, if you don't do it twice, you know, hopefully, you know. And sometimes God rearranges your life in a way that you didn't realize <laughs> at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and then. Ta-da, like, whenever he was going through his really hard time, I didn't realize that, but I was just starting to get to know him. Mm-hmm. And as that was transitioning out, I was transitioning into his life. And <laughs> we're, at least from my point of view, I'm, like, very public displays of affection, and I was never like that. And right. so he really is, like, the love of my life. And it's like, you know, I think he awesome. recognizes that, there was a way made out of that for him. So, yeah. So in this, the paranormal field, what has there any, any one incident that has really kind of grabbed your attention? Like just, just no way that could have possibly happened. Something that really made you think hard about it all. Um, you mean like, an experience, you know, you know, like an out, you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're checking out haunted locations, you're doing these things. Has anything ever happened that really just went, you mean, you went, what the heck? Okay, so, um, I lived in a haunted house where some, you know, strange little things like the piano playing by itself or, you know, um, we could hear different noises. Um, but in my bedroom, I was, kind of in a section of the house that was away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was probably 14, 15, somewhere in there. And I was a pretty deep sleeper back then. Not not so much now that I have kids, but back no, then I could sleep, sleep really again. well. You won't sleep <laughs> no. through again ever. My, my kids are <laughs> out of the house and I still don't sleep through the night. So, yeah. Yeah. so but back then I could sleep really well. And I woke up to feeling 
like a finger, like an index finger tapping me on the head. And it just was like a constant thump, 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 thump. Like it was trying to wake me up. And I was so scared and I was in a full-size bed. So I knew whatever was standing by me was blocking between me and the door because of where my, my, where I slept on my bed. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I can't even get out of here because this thing's standing right between me and the door and the way out. <laughs> and so being like a little Catholic girl that I was, I just started like, and I didn't <coughs> want to open my eyes either because I didn't, I was just scared I was going to see a demon. I didn't know what. And I'm a huge fan of horror movies, so my imagination just goes crazy. So I had all these, you know, different things in my mind. But I just knew it wasn't good. And um, so I just started praying Our Father's Hail Marys. And eventually, after about 20 minutes of being just terrified, I fell back asleep. But yeah, that was the scariest thing because it felt like very invasive. Mm-hmm. It was in my bedroom and it was yeah. touching me and I, it didn't I feel do good. Not, I do not like to be uh, bothered when I'm asleep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ghosts can come up to me any time of the day in the middle of anything. They can come in while I'm in the shower. I don't give a crap, but touch me when I'm asleep, <laughs> man. Yeah. We got something to talk about. I No, I get it. I, ugh, I hate, t- although Chuck had an experience that was similar to that when he was asleep. Oh yeah, yeah. At, the, at the wheeler. Yeah, when I was, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sleeping, and then I rolled over to the. I was sleeping basically facing the right of the bed, and that was all fine. It's when I rolled over to the left and kind of like stretched my arm out to kind of take that side of the bed. I kind of went back to sleep, and then I feel this poking, like someone's going ta 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 ta, really hard on my arm. I'm like, what the heck? So I woke up. I thought maybe Karen and Jimmy coming from like, yeah, like hey, you know, time to get up or something. Yeah, I'm like, what the heck, you know. So I look up and I'm like I'm like what and I'm like thinking to myself what and then I look and there's nobody in the room. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, seriously? Yeah. Like okay, I uh-huh. think I'll sit up just uh, for just a little while longer before I go back to bed because I mean I do with this stuff unnerving. all the time. It is still like a little bit startling because it's like I, it was was it because I was on the wrong side of the bed or you know what I mean I didn't know. Leave me alone and let me sleep. That is yeah. and it is it is unnerving. It is yeah yeah. Because I used to have the, I would be in my apartment and I would be on my bed asleep and I would hear the front door creak open and the, the footsteps walk and then they'd sit down on the bed next to me. And these were my early experiences and would whisper, I love you in my ear. And so, I mean, yeah. and that was, and that was before I understood all of this. I was in my uh-huh. very, I was 21, 22 years old and holy crap, that is not the way you <laughs> want to wake up if you don't get what's going no. on. I mean, I think because we're more vulnerable during that sleep state. It is very vulnerable, yeah. Yeah. Well, in that in that bedroom and in that house, um, I'm not a sleepwalker. Like I sleep in the same bed as my husband, and he's never reported me getting up out of bed or any of that. I don't really talk too much in my sleep. Like it's very rare. And um, in that room, I had decorative plates uh, on the wall above my headboard, and like. All three of them would line up alongside my bed on top of my three of my throw pillows. So the pillows were upright. And most of the time as a tween or teenager, I'd just throw them on the floor. Right. So they were lined up perfectly and facing up. And then these 
plates would be directly in the center face up. And it's like, you know, if those would have fallen off the wall, they would have hit me in the head or whatever, and they wouldn't have, like, landed perfectly. So hmm. that happened several times. Yeah, so there's something, something so going on there. too, then. Mm-hmm. What That's is it? You were protected then, too, because That's otherwise fine. those plates would have hit you in the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, no kidding. Well, yeah, that's a positive thing. There you go. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah, sometimes from some of the experiences that I've had or, you know, people in my family have had, I know there's dark forces. And, like, my book, too, I want to explore the dark forces more in my next book because Madame LaLaurie is going to take more of a, more of a main, she's going to become more of a main character. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, I like investigating that, you know, the lightness and the dark and just kind of the interplay between those two forces. So it's interesting how those kind of play out in our universe. Well, you were talking about too. they are necessary for balance. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the themes in your book is, you know, about finding life's purpose, you know, like what's it all mean for us, you know, do we all have a purpose? Yeah. Does that make Uh it? A fulfilling life. I mean, do you do you feel that way? Do you feel that? You know? Well, whenever I was writing this book, um, I I used to teach writing at the college level, and I really struggled to become a new mom and just balance motherhood and sure. and teaching. I was trying to teach night classes because in my mind I thought, oh, I'll stay home with my kids during the day and I'll teach night classes. But I was really burning the candle at both ends, and it was way too much. And um, so I kind of took this hiatus from teaching for now, and I thought, I still need something that's going to keep my mind occupied. And so I decided to write this book. And so Sophie's story is its different specifics, but the feeling of it, you know, finding a life purpose and mm-hmm. finding a balanced life and what's really important. I was going through all of those things and my life felt really tumultuous and I was trying to find the answers to those questions. So for me as a writer, I think it's a writer's job to provoke those questions from the audience. And so I'm doing it through the character of Sophie, but I was at that time also for myself finding yeah, the answers to that. So You write what you know. So I have yes. a question for you. Um, your character has a superpower. And mm-hmm. what what superpower do you have, and what superpower do you want? Ooh, oh, that's a good question. Um, the superpower that I have is probably being organized. I like I feel the best whenever things are structured well in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think being a teacher and being a mom that's grown out of necessity, so I'm pretty good at that. So that would be my superpower because I'm organizing you know for four people not just one person anymore that is not my superpower (laughs) (laughs) I know maybe it sounds boring to some people but it is it's on the superpower proportion (laughs) 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 so power you would like to have what power would I like to have um that's a hard question. I I really wish I could understand things sometimes better. Like I wish I knew why certain people 
act in terrible ways and like maybe just like being able to I guess maybe read minds so I'm like to figure out what the heck are you thinking about yeah why are you doing that yeah wouldn't we all like to know that people are people are a mystery aren't they sometimes Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm a mystery. I know that. Are you a mystery? What, what, all right. So you, lay. You were talking about superpowers. So Karen, what would, you, what would your superpower? What would you want? What would you? What want? superpower do yeah. I want? Yeah. What do you want? If you could have anything. You know, this is going to sound really corny. It's going to sound like a job interview answer. You know, like where they ask, "What's your biggest weakness?" And <laughs> yeah, biggest, yeah. My biggest okay. weakness is that I'm just too special, or something like that. But okay. honestly, the the. One thing that I truly want is that when I am with somebody, anybody, um, whether it's a clerk at a grocery store that I've just met or somebody who's a close friend, I want them to feel loved by me. I want. Aww. I want. And it doesn't. That sound, it sounds like a stupid job interview answer, but I want to. I want to. My superpower would be to exude love so that people would feel immediately warmth and comforted and loved in my presence. <sighs> Yeah, that would make the world a better place for yeah. sure. I mean, would so it? Nicole, what would you want? What would you, if you could pick one, what would you want? I don't think I can top what Karen. Well, you just don't said. have to. It's not a competition. No, I know, but that's. <laughs> oh man, I actually think about crap like that. Sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I, this is gonna sound. It's a good question. I don't have to think about it, but I would, if I had the ability to help people or, or everyone on on earth feel you know like they matter feel like they're special in some ways you know basically cure depression cure anxiety cure the things that bring people down so i, I would say something like that so we want the superpower of namaste man what that's it yeah what's your point chuck oh my god well, I, I wanted to fly, but now you just ruined it all because you. No, flying is good. Uh, I fly too. Flying is a cool superpower. Yes. I wanted to have. I wanted to be able to fly, man. I mean, you know, yeah, I want to help the homeless and have world peace and love and all that. But I really want to fly. I'm just gonna ask you. I just really okay. want to fly. Yeah. I I think that's good. Hey, Cheryl, you knew we were gonna ask you. Superpower. Mm, superpower. Not Oh, I'm so, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, okay. so can I have two answers? Can I have no, the yeah, no. selfish? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the and then the more gentle. Sure. Oh, if if you superpowers well, to make Skype Chuck, work 100 of the time, we're good with that. Well, no, mine. My, I've always wanted to fly. Yay! Hands yeah, down. So Chuck there and I will be out there flying around. You can fly world. around. Yeah. Um, so that, people's that's heads. number. That's the number one mm. fun fun power. Um. The, the 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 nice sweet kind touchy feely answer is to uh, kind of like uh, well like maybe exactly like Camille's um, character in her book is to get my hands on some people and have them do some good things instead of bad things. You know what I mean? Touch them and make them do good. Yeah, I'm copycatting, but that is like, could you imagine that? Well, yeah, Camille, I know. Camille Whenever has. I. <laughs> I mean, it, that you know, came to me in a dream, but I, amazing. at first I thought, oh, that's kind of a wimpy power, you know, it's not like flying, so. it's not like having super strength, and then I thought, no, that's like the ultimate power, because religions want to do that, um, advertising want to do that, they want to change your mind, that's you know, the whole 
point, yeah. you know, to believe what they, everybody wants to right. try to change your mind to believe what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I was like, be, that is the ultimate yeah, power. It is. And you know what would be cool is to couple that one with time travel, the power to time travel. Well, and Chad, yeah. Chad did say time travel in chat, and oh. then Bob said teleportation. I did not now, see that, by the way. The I like, I like teleportation. Because I would really oh, I like that. to not have to go through like TSA lines <laughs> right. and check yeah, my baggage. Brilliant. Just pack a bag and poof, be there. Well, come on. The <laughs> listeners should type in what they want, like Jessica or Tom or Barb. I mean, what, what, what superpowers do they want? They type it in. I'll, I'll spill it out. Wow. Oh, Chad says the ability to see the future or see into the future or past. Nice. Some oh. of us already have that yes. ability, Chad. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Uh huh. That's a good one. Well, so it's, and I think that that's, I think that that's fascinating. And here's the thing: I also think I think everybody has a superpower. Like Camille, yours is is to be organized and (laughs) to be able to. And and I think that we don't tune into those superpowers and appreciate ourselves enough for those things because we're so busy, you know, looking at our fat thighs or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have fat thighs. You know what I'm talking about. We're so busy looking at our faults that we don't we don't tune into these things that we have that are our superpowers. Barb wants to heal people. There you Yay. go. Yay. Hey, Barbie G. That's a good awesome. one, too. That kind of goes in line with what yeah. Jessica says that this is a super hard to answer question. Come on, Jess. You can do it. Make Your it superpower is to answer a super question, super yes. a super hard question. That's go. right. <laughs> Well, just think think about this, uh, Camille. If if you like to organize, imagine if you could be like the Flash and move really fast. Imagine how you could organize all your stuff. <laughs> that wouldn't it be awesome? Because I'm very OCD, so I'm right with you on that. I, I, I straighten uh-huh. things at the desk. I square everything off. I have to have everything. You know, that's how I am. So every house in the world would be organized. Yes. <laughs> you have your own TV show. But see, TV there needs to be order. balance, just like there needs to be that balance between darkness and light. There needs to be yeah. people in the world who are chaotic, and there need to be people in the world who are organized. Can you imagine if all of us were the same? No. It'd be boring as no, no. I wouldn't want to hang out with someone like no, me. No, I don't want to hang out with someone like me either. Well, I would. I'd have boobs. I don't want boobs. No, you'd like to admire them on other people. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Maybe not the boob thing, but I understand what you're saying. I'm so excited. All right, so now that we've taken a turn, Camille, it is time. You know that we do this, the the shameless self-promotion. Oh, yeah, shameless self-promotion. I am. We would like you to now shamelessly self-promote, please. Okay. Well, um, you can get my book, Voodoo Butterfly, on Amazon. Um, And again, my name is Camille Faye, F-A-Y-E. Um, it's on there in e- ebook format on Kindle for two ninety nine, and you can also get a paperback for fourteen ninety nine. Um, if you want to find out any more about my paranormal adventures or my travels, you can go to my website at www.camillefay.com, and I have a blog tab on there, and you can also find out more information about Voodoo Butterfly, and it's going to become a series. Um, right now I'm working on the second one. I have three in mind with as many as five if the series has good momentum behind it, which right now the first book is doing really well. Um, it's been very well received with reviews and everything, so I'm really excited about it. Um, 
But if you want to sign up to find out when the second book does come out, at the bottom page of my website, bottom of the page of my website, it says where you can sign up for my email list. So I think that's about it. Great. Well, I um I have Cheryl sent us some some stuff from Voodoo Butterfly. I don't even know if it was the whole thing or an excerpt or what, but I just have had such a week that I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. But now I am very fascinated, and I am a huge reader. I will read anything. So will I. I will cool. read. I, I am a consumer of books, so I will look forward to. Oh, good. To, yeah, I'd love to hear what it, you think too. Yeah, is nice. it on Kindle? Yep, it's on Kindle. Yep, oh, I think I sent Cheryl a PDF. Yeah, yeah I, I need, PDFs, I need yeah. things mm -hmm. that I can make the print as big as possible. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, that's what <laughs> Kindle's great for that. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Camille, on the you know yeah, right. good work and everything. We're looking forward. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah. Thank that's you. Awesome. Yeah, it's doing well. I'm excited. I put a lot of heart and soul into it, so it feels good that it's been well-received. Readers will recognize the heart and soul you put in yeah. it when they pick up your yeah. book or if it's online or Kindle version. They're going to feel the energy you put it's into like it. It's like having so. another baby, isn't right. it? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's been really nice, too, because I've received emails from people around the world. Like one lady in New Zealand, she contacted me and said, I really understand what you're trying to do with the character, and it really spoke to me, and we need to hear your voice. And, of course, all those things. A writer wants to hear. Right. Yeah. So all that struggle that I was, you know, dark night of the soul stuff that I was dealing with whenever I was writing the book, like that was coming across through the character and then she's able to work through that. So that felt really good. Yeah. Well, so. And I'm in a good place too. Yeah. yeah. So that's, isn't that, that's usually what happens though. And that's why I say sometimes we need darkness because out of darkness, right. at least in my experience, the darkest times of my life have led to the greatest creativity, the greatest mm -hmm. everything. Absolutely. So. Yes, I can, I hear you there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Amen. Okay. Amen. Well, it's always good to talk to a, a fellow writer, a fellow creator, and um, I look forward to the rest of your series as well. And when the next one comes out, you come back and talk to us again. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, and um, have a wonderful weekend. Yep, you too. Have fun at your conference. We will. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Nice okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, Camille. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, there you guys go. Camille Faye, the book is Voodoo Butterfly, and I got to tell you, like I say, I just there's something about the title that's yeah. like, it's, it's very, very evocative. Mm -hmm. Very evocative. I like that very much. Um, all right, so Cheryl. Yes. Yeah. We already talk talked about the magazine. We did. Do you want to talk about uh, our guest next week? Yeah, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's do that real quick. April mm -hmm. 7th, we will be talking to Hiram Henderson. He is the Director of Operations for Maryland Paranormal Research. So that'll be fun. And cool. then the week after, that's April 20, two weeks after April. Well, yeah, two weeks April. April 21st, I can talk. That's Chad Shimke. We've talked to him before. He's going to give us an update on um, uh, his horror writings and anything else we want to chat about with Chad. And then that's all I've got for you right now. Nicole says she wants to come back on. I'll come back on. Sweet. Yeah. Let's make that happen. Yeah. There you go. Cool. 
So we're awesome. not like scheduled months out in advance like we usually are? Um, let's see here. I don't have my full, yes I do, it's right here. Um, yeah, you want me to go further because I can go a little further. We have a little bit of time, might yeah. as well. Yeah, we in May, let's skip forward to May. We have uh, Bob Christopher from NEPA Paranormal and Ghost Detectives coming on. Has he been on before? He had, yes. Um, yeah. Bob, yeah. I believe Bob came on with a few of his fellow team members. It's been quite, quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but yes, they have been on before. And maybe joining us with Bob, maybe Dave Giuliano, owner of the Ghost Hunter store. Oh, he's, he's a nice oh, guy. Oh, cool. So that's, yeah. that's I've possible. I've from him. Me too. Yes, yes, yes. We, yep. Good stuff there. And then going forward, um, we are going to have um, uh, Marie D. Jones. Did I say her middle name? Oh, yeah. yeah, she's great. D, is that her? Okay. Yep. And um, Larry Flaxman. And so I don't have an exact date, but I believe it's at the end of May. Um, I think it's May 26th, but uh, I'll get back to you on that. And, well, and uh, Seth and Tristan are coming on at some point, aren't they? They Ooh. are coming on at some point. Um, I actually had a conflict with the date they were coming on that I had to write Seth about. So I just actually wrote him about that earlier today. So I don't have a date for that exactly right now. Um, I'm hoping sooner rather than later, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah, I would love to come back on and talk about the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. We um, okay post our tours there but we've been getting some fantastic audio evidence there lately so really okay can play some on the yeah, show oh absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah you know we love the audio evidence yeah it's just i mean i don't know what it is maybe because we've been you know mm -hmm. doing tours and private investigations there for for what four years now maybe the energies are now comfortable with us but it just seems like in the past year we're just getting very incredible uh, relevant and contextual responses to questions. Well, you know, wow. you kind of have a standing invite to be on the show, so. Oh, you know. Yes. Paranormal Underground Family. That's right. Hug <laughs> family. Yeah. For um, sure. I was going to ask something, but then my son texted me and I got distracted. Oh, uh, uh -oh. it's, it's always the shiny oh, stuff. No, I know what it was. Um, so, Nicole, your class the EVP ITC. Right. It's a 201. Yeah, they, they're so the ones how do you, that... how do you take beyond basic, what is your name? No, you know, it's there. I approached with, because I don't want to necessarily repeat what Thomas is doing. I wanted to have a class that talks about EVP and ITC. Pretty much those two are cousins and they're, you know, have a lot of similarities and differences. So I, that's what I kind of wanted to approach it as, the similarities and differences between ITC and EVP. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I didn't term it EVP and ITC 201, so oh, I don't know who okay. did that. So, But that's basically what the class will it'll build upon, perhaps what Thomas talks about in his, but it'll get more into um, the similarities and differences of EVP and ITC. There you go. So that's kind of, yeah, I the 201 is a little confusing yeah okay i wondered yeah, about that and i, I just figured i'd it. ask you about it on the radio yeah. instead of doing it when we're private you know because... no yeah so but there you go all right very good so uh anything else we need to gab about we have like 12 minutes i guess i should have uh not done my usual um you know 
seven minutes to quarter two or whatever. <laughs> because I forgot we'd done the magazine ahead of time. So, um, hey, what hey. else? Hey. 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 What's up, ladies? You know what? I love the superpower discussion. I do, I do too. too. That's really that fun. fun. I still want to fly. That'd be really cool. So do I can you fly. Think you, so what? do you think you have a superpower? Do I, do I have a super? Do I think I have a superpower? Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I don't know if I call it a superpower. I have a gift to connect with people. Is that would it be a superpower? That's your superpower, sure. My charm, my whatever people your want to call your charm, it. and your your brilliant good looks. <laughs> you suave debonair good looks. I don't know about that, but I mean, yes, I I mean I. My 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 ability to. Kind of get along with most people, yeah. I, yeah. I, you know. yeah, you do. You are one of the most the friendliest people, and you know I try really hard to be super friendly, but I'm shy. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell you though, this morning in my Nia class, I actually approached people and talked to them. <gasps> oh, good job, Karen. People I didn't know. Look at that! Well, you, you right. see what I do when I, you see what happened when I went to the Wheeler and I made friends with the lady at the coffee shop and the lady right. at the AT store. <laughs> he made friends with everybody. Oh my God! Everybody knew. Oh, you're here with Chuck from Illinois. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm walking by the shops, are waving at me. Hello. I'm like, hello. Well, you know, I like people. You are. Your superpower is that you're very friendly. Cheryl, do you think you have a superpower? Um. I don't think I have one. No, we all have one. Come on, you have something. Bisa, isn't there something that you just think, you know what, I'm really good at that. And something, you don't have to always be modest. So what is that one thing that you're like, damn, I'm good. Yeah, Cheryl, what are you really good at? Well, it's boring. It's like work-related. I mean. (laughs) Okay, share it. No, it's not boring. Share it with us. Come on. Just share it. What is it? Well, well, I mean, I'm good at managing. Yes. I'm good at managing right. teams at work. That's not boring. So it's good. Team building. Team yeah. building. Okay, there you go. Okay, I'm not, I have something, that's I guess. Good. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Keeping people together and in line so they don't kill each other, that's a good superpower, I think. <laughs> that is, I think that's a good superpower as well. Okay. My superpower is, I actually think I have two. One of them is creativity. I'm incredible incredibly creative um mm-hmm. like almost annoyingly so if you oh, ask you people if you ask people <laughs> in my life and i think um my other one is of course my 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 gifts as far as you know psychic communication and and really being able to yes. understand and get to and, and the healing stuff that i can do with with my psychic ability okay so what's yours nicole oh gosh um i would say I'm a very sensitive person, so my sensitivity and then um, being an empath, um, you know, the intuitive um, set, so I, I would say those two. Yeah. See, and doesn't that feel good to acknowledge the things mm-hmm. about you that are your superpowers? Well, yeah, I guess yeah, sure. Sure. Everybody, everybody has something that they're, that they we, feel good about, you know, yeah. if they do, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and and that's and I think that's important because I think that most people again spend a lot of time focusing on the you hair. know the color the the gray in their hair or the wrinkles under their eyes or the mm-hmm. size of their ass or you know the fact <laughs> that they they went to they went, they they can never p- 
pull a door when it says push, or they always try to pull the door when it says, you know, everybody mm -hmm. has those yeah. those things, and, and those things loom so large, even though most people don't notice them or find them, you know, right. yeah. funny and quirky, apparently. You know, like, I think, for instance, I think I am, like, a super awkward person because I will accidentally walk into a closet thinking it's an exit and things like that. <laughs> and, and awesome. Jim thinks yeah, it is. Well, Chuck knows. Chuck's met me. I am awkward. I'm clumsy. I trip over things. I'm. <laughs> and Jim thinks it's ridiculously adorable. So, okay. <laughs> it is adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to I used to walk into walls a lot. I don't do that as much anymore. Oh, I anymore. still do that. Mm -hmm. Or I'll oh, like, you know, well, the side of a wall. Like, oh, yeah. Know. I'll smash Wait. it in a doorway. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Do you do that when you're inebriated or not inebriated? No, God, no. Sober. Sober, yeah. Oh, my Sober, Lord. wide awake, middle of the day, no mind-altering substances, walking down the hall, bam. Wow. I've never done that. I don't think I've ever I done miss, that. I usually, it's it's like I don't quite know where my center of gravity is or like where my body is or something. Excuse me while I walk <laughs> And so I, I will, I, I bash into doors on a regular basis. I have bruises all over my body all the yeah. time because I crash yeah. into things. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's called clumsy. You know what it is? It's, it's that um, I've always known that I don't, I, I have never fully inhabited my body. I've always been um, an upper chakra kind of person. So heart up through crown chakra. So all of the things about spiritual and intellectual and thinking. And I'm so I'm always in my head and I'm almost never in my you know body. What? And I, you and I are. Yeah. Alive, so when I you're when you're not in your body, it's easy to crash into things yes. because you don't. So one of the things that the yoga and the Nia have been doing for me is bringing me into my body. Awesome. And here's something really cool is that um, I actually had something click in and I understood it. And I'm actually going to talk about how being in your in my in my class about how being in your body also affects your energy. Oh, right. your Absolutely. So maybe I won't crash into things as much anymore. Yeah. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah. You'll take control of the legs finally. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Oh yeah. I'm it's like not, you're all, it's, not graceful. It's like you all like all you know, you got it together from like the middle of your body up and then bottom just doing like Scooby Doo stuff where it's just running in circles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually have seen somebody do the Scooby Doo thing um when they got scared before. <laughs> you know, where like they just run in place. Yeah. I've actually seen that happen. You're like run, 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 run. <laughs> but it, and when it's in the moment because you're so focused on everything else that's going on it doesn't register that oh my god this is hilarious but afterwards you but think after about I, it it's like oh my god yeah, did that yeah, really happen did the scooby doo it's awesome when the scooby doo oh, yes the running in place without and then pew, they take off and they leave like the body shaped image behind or something was that, was that, it, it can't, okay well Nicole's oh. signing off for the evening because she what? has to go to the restroom Fine. Bye, Nicole. All right. Bye, Nicole. Bye. Have Bye. a good weekend. If we listen, Thanks. if we listen carefully, we'll hear the toilet. Oh, no, you can go down. You can go down. We'll hear the tinkling of the Nicole. Tinkling. How do you oh, have a back here big, again? It's a pretty big room, and there's a pretty solid door. Actually, let's go ahead and uh, end end a little bit early because um. I'm really super tired, and we've got stuff we got to do. We're taking Nicole to the museum tomorrow. Chuck's jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. No, yeah, about? Chuck's jealous. He loves the museum. He doesn't know anything. I mean, he's never been there, but he wants to because of the book. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so let's go ahead and sign off. Um, thank right. you to our guest, Camille Faye. 
And thank you to Nicole Strickland and to you, Charles Aloysius uh, Gotsky. And <laughs> I'm just yeah, trying something. And to Cheryl and to me. Cheryl and to you. To me, the best part of the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so uh, hey, if you're in, if you happen to be in the Washington, Western Washington, Western Oregon region, come on out to the Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside, Oregon, this weekend. And if you do, look for me and Michelle and or me and Michelle. Good God, I'm so tired. Me and Nicole, and tell us, hey. <laughs> okay, we will do that. You All Michelle. right. Got yes. it. Okay. Thank you, everybody, Bye, for listening to Paranormal Thanks. Underground Radio in the Dark on MixLR. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. in Illinois, and other times in the flyover states. You guys have, <sighs> ah, you guys have a great week, great weekend. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.